answer the call. The most controversial reboot ever. Still playing with toys.net presents the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, the biggest podcast since 1909. So free. News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters. Are you the key? Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. Don't look at me. I think these people are completely nuts. But that does answer my question. How was your weekend? <laughs> Aren't you glad you asked? <laughs> like, how, how was your long weekend? Actually, well, the, the weekend was pretty good, actually. Ugh. In well, general, good. I mean, I you guys so. had the weird one. Did you guys have four days off? We had the weird. No, 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 no. I had I had the weird where today felt like Monday and Monday felt like Monday. So yeah, so you we had the day off in the middle of this yeah. this whole mess. And ours is a, just, ours is a weird one because Canada Day fell on a weekend. But you're supposed to get a holiday out of Canada Day. Right. So yeah. uh, the statutory holiday was the Monday, three-day weekend. Hooray. Yeah. Slightly confusedly because some places just said, but you can go Friday. Like there's something about leaving, like cutting the week short that some places yeah. consider better than starting the week late. Than starting the week you late. Know, even though it's yeah. entirely arbitrary. Um, so we had yeah. that, but you guys had the super awkward one of, and we get it from time to time too, where um, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, it's just a it's just a road bump of a holiday. You have the weekend, yeah. Then it turns into and it, it completely obliterates the week because then you have your workforce. Uh, kind of, I don't know, fifty fifty. Some percentage of people decide to cash in. A holiday day, yeah. They use their a vacation sick days day or, or their sick day or something days to or, extend yeah, exactly. it. So yeah. the week's just kind of. And and you know, there's there's that, you know, for the same reason that film crews they like to work through lunch sometimes because there's that lag after you come back from lunch because you're lethargic. Yeah. You just ate a big meal. You got to like get back up to speed. You know, it's not like when you get there in the morning, you got your morning coffee and you're ready to go. Yeah. Uh, it's you got to get back up to speed, and so with this weird sort of working Monday being <laughs> off Tuesday, working Wednesday, yeah. you're just sort of like oh, I can't. And then of course, I mean, I, I I'm not a big, I'm not a heavy drinker. I, I don't go crazy and, and partying, but there are, there are like a couple of our employees who came in and they were just completely worthless today yeah. because we're all hungover. Like we, yeah. So you you, you party for the Fourth of July, and then it's uh, well, you're back at work the next morning. <laughs> you you uh, come in on. Monday and like I said everything it's hard for everybody who's there to to work because the entire workforce is not there right like there's right there, there's yeah. a, there's a measurable energy drain on the place because a bunch of people aren't there there's inevitably things of so-and-so is supposed to do that or I'm waiting on this and of course they're not there and so and they're not there on Monday so and, you guys are yeah. in but you're not working yeah. at full capacity and of course Frankly, uh, Paris Fair, you're human. By the end of the day, you're starting to think about the next day, anyways, right? So, sure, Monday's kind yeah. of a waste. Frankly, I think somewhere along the line, maybe they should just like floating, sort of like leap year days instead of being a day short. There's like a a leap vacation day. It's not an extra day <laughs> to the year, but rather if it falls on a Thursday or a Tuesday, just right off the Monday or the just Friday. Just take the day. Yeah. Just, I mean, a lot of people did have the four days down yeah, here, right. but you know, it's uh, 
That's how, you know, the U.S. is a little confused right now. We can't even <laughs> can't do our trademark three-day weekends the right way. Uh, and then meanwhile, as Canadians, we're up here going, mm-hmm. we got some calls Silly to make to Americans. the States if they ever get back in the office. And then, as you say, everybody <laughs> comes back. The and, yeah, they're the, the ones that were away. It's a four-day four party. And, and Wednesday is just triage. Uh, yeah, I got a lot of emails today that were like... Uh, Hey, I don't know if you guys saw this on Monday. Well, yeah, we did. We're just getting to it. We're almost there. But so uh, anyway. But hey, welcome, welcome back to everybody. Regardless of if you were uh, celebrating Canada Day, uh, July Fourth, or if you know you're the 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 French uh, friend on the internet to all of your American friends want to know, do you guys set off fireworks on the Fourth of July too? And you go, oh, Americans. <laughs> um, but. Uh, Welcome, welcome to one and all. Uh, we got a good, we got a good episode of the crossword coming up here. It is one year later, as you heard in the cold open of the show. Uh, we are going to be talking about Ghostbusters: Answer the Call uh, with with it in the rear view mirror of 365 days. Uh, so that's that's going to be pretty fun. We've also got a little bit of news coming up here, um, and also uh, just a quick a word about uh, the audio quality of of last week. Nobody really called it out, but. We had a little bit of a, a speed bump on uh, on our recording. We're trying a few new things out, and so you'll hear. It's <laughs> very nice. Uh, way you'll of hear you. you'll hear variations. It's uh, very nice of you to put it a a speed bump. This it's the well, speed you know, bump mean, meaning that I'm gonna send my file to. Oh my god! Did I press record? No. <laughs> <sighs> it's. That's where we're trying out a new a new recording system. So uh, the the secret studio north, secret studio south, where we don't have the ISDN line quite uh, in yet. No. So don't uh, don't sweat it. Last week we got a little bit of Skype in there, but two episodes uh, ago it sounded I think way better. Yeah, you we're and I there. agreed that we're there's some there. tweaking to be done, and we're looking into that. But I think I this sound episode, you sound smooth head sound and shoulders better than I've, I've I yeah, have yeah head shoulders torso hips i mean it's like but it's we're we're getting there we're getting a lot better yeah but uh, yeah, yeah. it's only been three years we'll, s- we'll figure it out sooner or later <laughs> welcome to the cross rip in the year 2025 when we are in high definition sound just in time for it all to be compressed and nobody cares but <laughs> Uh, but hey, so uh, let's get through the news because uh, I do want to get to the the meat of the order here, the one year later chat because I think that's going to be a lot of fun. So let's let's do news. Here we go. Hey guys, Peter, I have some news from the world of Gozer. I got some pretty cool stuff cooking up over here. If you want to turn your head, multiplanar curly and emanation. Now well, here's your next month's cover of GQ. Check out the aura on this sucker. Okay, Chris, let's start with, uh, well, it's, it's actually not, it's not news because we did know that this was coming out and they are, so it's an indie it's film. So they're starting up. their, it's a follow yes. up. Yeah. Uh, so hired gun, which is a documentary, uh, that is the untold story of session musicians. You know, the guys that go and they sit in with the bands when they're recording their albums, just these pros who, uh, like Ray Parker jr. They're like the best guitarists. They can go in, they can pick up the song, you know, at the drop of a hat, uh, record five, six takes of it and then move on. And then they go to the next band and they help them out. Uh, just like the super awesome musicians, really, really talented people. It's, it's a lot like the 20 feet from stardom documentary where, yeah. you know, here are the backup vocalists who are the unsung heroes of all your favorite songs. It feels to me a lot like the, the sequel to the wrecking crew documentary. 
Yes, yes, absolutely. In that yeah. the Wrecking Crew was kind of wave one where they kind of they kind of covered the late fifties and sixties and maybe the early seventies. Those people kept working well into the seventies yeah. and eighties and all that. Oh, but yeah. Summers around the seventies, Ray Parker Jr., all these other young Bucks started to come in and they sort of kept the ball rolling as these hot session musicians. So I see it as, I see right. them as kind of a, 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 you can roll from one right into the other. Yeah. I think that's, that's, that's a really good analogy. I mean, that's, yeah, listen to every hit song and there's a good chance that one of these people is on there. You know, uh, Ray Parker Jr., he was on Stevie Wonder's albums and, and all of these hit records. So, uh, so anyway, uh, we did get, we did a little preview of this last year because it debuted at the 2016 South by Southwest Festival, um, and they actually showed a little Ray Parker Jr. clip back then, um, which I think we played a little bit of. I'll have to dig through the archives. I can't remember if we actually played a little bit. Oh, we did because it, he tells that story about sitting at the diner, um, and he looks out and he sees the billboard that's just this black billboard, and then suddenly the next day there's a ghost yeah. on it, and then the next day there's the no ghost logo, and then... The day after that, he gets a call from his agent saying, hey, there's this Ghostbusters movie. They want you to do a demo for it. So um, so it was that great clip. Uh, we'll, we'll post an, uh, another link back to that uh, episode in the archives. But uh, so at any rate, so the documentary is now starting its limited theatrical run as of June 29th. So it's showing in a, a handful of theaters. Uh, our, our little documentary did this too, where it shows in like 12 theaters, then it shows in 15, and then it sort of rotates to another 15. And um, and, and soon it will be on video on demand and DVD and, and places that will be able to watch it, uh, in, in, in greater quantities. But, uh, but because of that, Ray Parker Jr. has been out doing the press circuit again, which always good to see, uh, Ray out there. Um, we, uh, about, uh, and actually again, sort of to tie into our one year later, uh, chat, it was great to see him a year ago out there hitting the talk shows and, you know, doing the live, um, not reality shows. What do you call the like uh, America's Got Talent uh, variety type shows? The competition shows. Yeah. Um, variety show? No, not variety. Uh, they're not really variety <laughs> shows. Like comp- live competition shows, talent competition, whatever those, those are so. called. American Idol, those, those kind of ones. things. But anyway, so Ray Parker Jr. hit those up. But uh, so he he did this interview with the movie guys, which I haven't. Did you? I haven't had a chance to listen to the whole thing. It's it's a pretty. It's like a twenty-minute interview. Yeah, fifteen-minute. Oh no, interview? it's it's, little, it's quite long. It's, it's it's yeah. almost like an hour, I believe. Oh, is it yeah. really? See, that's that's uh, that's how far I got into it. I got about maybe like five, <laughs> ten minutes into it, and I was like, "Oh my god, there's there's a lot here." But um, so Ray Parker Jr. is on the movie guys, uh, doing this great interview with them. Um, obviously, a very lengthy interview, so go check out yes. the full entirety of it. But we'll uh, we'll play a little bit uh, just as a, a taste, a little tease for you guys right now. Everybody in my band's an A-list player. Hired Gun is the best available musician. He gets the gig because he's the elite player. Billy Joel sounded like Billy Joel because of Billy DeVito. If Billy is the father of those songs, I'm at least the uncle. It seems like there's about 20 musicians we're talking about that have made every single record that everybody owns. That is a clip from Hired Gun, a new film that's opening June 29th in Fathom Events, so it's going to play all over the country uh, through that 
Fathom Events service. If you haven't ever taken advantage of that, it's really cool. I'll get you the details on that in a second. Uh, I just have to point out that Ray Parker Jr. is jamming with my brother, Don. Yeah. Uh, that was amazing. It's already starting. Yeah, that's my brother. They threw down a track for us, and All here right. you are playing. Okay. Thank you. Oh my gosh, I'll oh, well, call him immediately. The, welcome to the movie, guys. I like this everybody. family experience. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we lived in the sticks. There was nothing to do. Right, we're married. Your brothers are making music. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, welcome everybody. This is the TMG interview. We're calling it. Uh, we've had a bunch of shows here, as you know, in the Admirals Club over time. Uh, and if you've liked the interview portion of our old show, that's what this is for the whole time. We're spending some quality time with our guest. And this week we're showcasing an artist who is appearing in a new music documentary called Hired Gun. Hired Gun about the unsung heroes of rock and popular yeah. music, the studio musicians, the touring war horses. Our guest was that, playing guitar for the likes of Barry White, Stevie Wonder, and more until he started out on his own group. Radio then, of course, yeah. broke out into superstardom with the mega hit, Ghostbusters. It's Ray Parker Jr. Yay! Yay! I'm cheering for him too. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? We've given him a guitar, so anything. A song could bust out at any time. It is, it's happening. You can't. I will start to cry. Do the dance. There's no bad time oh, to bust our Ghostbusters. No. First of all, I never, ever could possibly imagine that I could write a song that would become part of worldwide folklore. It's not even American folklore. While I was in California, I'll never forget, I had dinner at Spago's, and across the street was this black billboard. And every week or so many days, they put different things around. So now they got the circle going up. And I'm like, wonder what that is. You know? Well, guess what? The phone rings. Here's Gary Lamell from Columbia Pictures, and he's saying, Ray, there's a movie coming out. He says, have you seen these black posters where we got the circle? <laughs> this is about time to get the ghost in there. The movie's coming out, OK? So this is going to happen fast. And he says, we've now spent a year, year and a half calling everybody. We've hired everybody. We've spent millions of dollars. But the director is insistent upon the word Ghostbusters must be in the song. Okay, so let's take it from there. <laughs> You said take it from there. Take, yeah. take it. <laughs> if you've had a dose of freaky ghosts, baby, you better call. Ghostbusters! Ow! That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I wanted to hit the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, first of all, I did not realize, because I was not living in L.A. at the time, that Ghostbusters was being teased by having those billboards. Yeah. That must have been cool. That was so cool. really just a red circle. Well, no, first it was just a black billboard. Just black. Oh, like my a gosh. Week. Right? And he dropped by and go, it's a oh. black billboard. What, I mean, what's, you know, there was what nothing it? there. And then they, a week later, they came and they did like the red circle. Oh. And I think it was just part of the red circle. We could see him paint and be like, okay, we have a circle. And then they went and put the cross in. Mm-hmm. I think they put the ghost in next. Then they put the cross in. I don't know how they did it. But it was interesting, yeah. That's cool. But when I got the phone call to work on it, I was sitting in Spago looking at the post. Oh, right, right there on Sunset. You're yeah, right yeah, yeah. That's and so, amazing. That's yeah. cool. As you said in the, in the clip here, that Reitman says the title's got to be, this is just an instinct he has he knows is going to work. 
the title's got to be in the I song. I don't think he knew it was going to work. He just wanted the name of his movie in the song. <laughs> That's amazing, it just, too. The unfortunate part is the name of his movie was Ghostbusters. <laughs> it's like, what? Uh, yeah, so... Yeah, I was melodically off the tongue. I was on board until he said that. I was like, you want the words... Ghostbusters to the end the song in the music, but I thought you wanted happy bar band music. How do you sing Ghostbusters? You know. Well, then how did the, you figure that out? Well, I I didn't for a long time. Uh huh. But right at the night before, um, I remember part of the movie where they had the the phone number and the guys with the backpacks. Mm-hmm. So when you're sleepy at three thirty in the morning, they look like insect guys to me, or or roto cl- drain cleaners. Oh, like cleaner exterminators guys. or something. Or, or drain cleaner guys. Yeah. And all of those commercials say, "Who you gonna call? Or who do you, who do you call? Yeah. When you got a problem, call us. Or they had all that's kind of free. They said, "Who do you call? Who should you call if does this happen? Or, or if this happens, call us. Oh, so like roto rooter or something. Exactly. Yeah. So that gave me the call thing, and I just said, "That's it. Yeah. I'm not gonna say Ghostbusters. I don't say it ever in the record." We I all just yell go, it. Right. I just go, we did just who are you going to call? <laughs> so I just yell. say, who are you going to call? And then the phone number's there with the guys. And you know, and I let the crowd say it. Because if the crowd says it, they're already supposed to be corny. So it doesn't yeah. matter. It's only corny if I say Ghostbusters. Yeah, but right? you can be all sexy and kind of exactly. sweet. Yeah, by the, I do the, I do the lead right. into it and mm. the crowd delivers it. You know, So it keeps me on the good side of things. That's very clever. Who is that crowd? Hmm? Yeah, who are the who people yelling crowd? Ghostbusters? Oh, this, now you want some drama. Mm. Oh, yes, I do. Who are those people? This was my little Valley 17-year-old girlfriend who was in high school. Uh-oh. And she went and got her friends. Shut yes. up. And yes, I got her pregnant, and she's the mother of my oldest son. And there's some good and bad to it, but, you know, if it helped Ghostbusters become a hit, I guess I got to live so with it. So that's know. who's yelling Ghostbusters. Yes. It's her and her friends, and they'd never been in the studio before, and it was 7.30 in the morning before they went to school. And so every time, were, every time you look. They were so excited. And they... I, What's interesting is they got that Valley girl. You know, I'm coming from Detroit, so yeah. we talk differently. Oh yeah, My, who you gonna call? And stuff. But they had that Valley girl. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. And it's just the two different accents really perfect. work. Yeah, it worked perfect. Yeah, because it was like I'm the ghetto guy in the middle of the California Valley, and the Valley <sighs> girls are they're they're doing their thing. And it really just I think it's just addiction just had a, a flavor to it. You know. Even people didn't know what they were listening to. It was like, well, he's here, but they're over there. They're different from him. Mm-hmm. But it worked. So that was just the way that came about. And now every time it's like, Ghostbusters. <clears throat> that's, uh, yeah. your mo- that's your mother. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And you can hear a little bit, Ghostbusters. Yeah, Ghostbusters. Yeah, the, yeah, that's a happy sound. Did you just have them do it once or twice and reuse it, or did they have to go through everything? No, they had to go through everything. everything. Yeah, well, we didn't have any. Uh, computers. Oh, that's back right. Then. You couldn't just so grab you couldn't it and sample it and drag it around. There was no sampler. Wow. Did you? You didn't. Couldn't even auto tune it. No. No. They just did it all the way down. (laughs) They just kept yelling. I had them do it a couple of times. They did all the way down a couple of times. Split it left and right, and that was that. That's it. Well, I think it's magical because I can't help. Sometimes they were on the beat. Sometimes they were off. Sometimes (laughs) we go. You know, all over the place. You know. And so somebody just <laughs> a Valley Girl's friend is on the yeah. big, one of the biggest songs of all time. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. They were hired guns, Paul. That's true. You have to understand. That's a good you point, have to bring Karen. in the right people for the job. Yes, they were hired mm. guns. So we can't thank you enough for coming on. Of course, as I mentioned, Ghostbusters, Karen's favorite movie of all time. Yeah. So this has been really good. cool. Thank you. All right, thanks, Ray Parker Jr. We appreciate Yay! it. Thank you. Oh! <laughs> I feel so funky. Fat.
that's great so yeah so very cool we'll keep you guys posted on a hired gun once we know more about releases because i, I think that's going to be a lot of fun to watch that's one of those documentaries that i'm sure everybody will see on netflix and will be water cooler chat uh, in the near future so uh stay stay tuned on that front um let's talk about the pinball wizard i, I saw this story uh last week and it, it really tickled me there better be a twist to I this feel story like well, here's here's the twist. I don't feel like this guy got payment enough for what he did. <laughs> so, uh, so this 24 year old uh, Raymond Davidson from Washington uh, flew all the way to I think it was in Denmark. It's not on the rundown, but I'm pretty sure it was it was in Denmark, and uh, and he was at the 14th annual International Flipper Association's World Pinball Championship. Whew, it's a long title. Uh, 24-year-old kid from Washington travels this great distance. He plays pinball for three straight days. Now, I'm sure they take breaks. I'm sure they take meal breaks. And uh, you have to, you can't, you can't possibly, like when you watch King of Kong, you can't watch uh, uh, Billy Mitchell and uh, Steve Wiebe. Like they, they have to take breaks. They have to. Uh, but anyway, so he plays for three straight days. He emerges the victor and he wins $1,000. Uh, okay. But then he also wins one of the Stern Ghostbusters pinball machines yes. of his own. So that's that's the real gift there. Now, I I feel like $1,000 plus, they say that the pinball machine is probably about five dollars $6,000 uh, in value. So that's, so that's, that's a, one of the, uh, of the three levels. That's the top level, whatever they call it. The top, yeah. He gets the the pro edition or whatever it is well, or the vip i can't that's we, the problem we always get them reversed or i always get them reversed i don't know which one is There's which. three levels it's not small medium large it's like large larger and largest it's like what i don't yeah, know it's, uh. it's like pro super pro and michael jordan yeah, i don't actually, know like i don't know what my, the three differentiations my analogy are is wrong it's not it's large terrible. larger and largest which we could rank it's large big and huge it's like i don't yeah. which one's which yeah. i don't it's a uh, Bentley, uh, four door Bentley, and SUV Bentley. Um, well, here's the thing. So this so, was a like a stamina thing, like last man hitting the flippers. Yeah, that's or? the that's the impression that I got from it. That it was sort of a stamina plus. Uh, they also talked about you know the amount of points. I guess they did like a, a cumulative point tally on whatever the competition was. So right. uh, presumably they all played on the same machines. It doesn't sound like it was the Ghostbusters machine. Um, but I, I would imagine it was maybe sponsored by Stern or something like that. That's why he ended up getting this. Oh, this quite possibly. Machine. Well, but, to that end, it's in Europe. So as you said, they probably definitely had breaks. I know in the States and in Canada, there's been a, <laughs> there's been a lot of discussion about, uh, like the, uh, put your hand on a truck sort of thing competitions where right. people are like, yeah. you know, nearly dying or stuff like Classic that. Classic episodes of Saved by the Bell Rawr. were forged from. <laughs> uh, I, uh, so not only did they have, they have breaks, they're actually stimulated and moving. So yes, while they're standing on their feet quite a bit, you know, their, you know, their wrists are moving and all that, as opposed to the people who yeah. are, have to put their hand on a truck and not move and are in agonizing pain within, you know, from not moving at all within six hours sort of thing. I think he had a, a yeah. thousand in a machine's fine. That's fine. <laughs> that's, that's fine. He, he did, did okay. okay. Yeah. And bragging rights. Uh, and bragging rights. And I, I'm sure, uh, you know, it's, it, especially at 24, if, if I had a pinball machine, that's what I, I wanted my two arcade machines, which I had a double dragon machine and a Miss Pac-Man machine. And that was, 
I was about when I was 24, 25. And that was, that was exactly what I wanted, man. If I could have played in a pinball competition and, and I got a pinball machine out of it. Great. That's all I need. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so, so super cool. Congratulations to Raymond. Uh, let us know when we can come over and play the pinball machine. Cause, <laughs> uh, I'm just assuming we have a standing invitation. That's right. We virtually have our, our quarters on the machine. We're next. <laughs> We're next. <laughs> We're not, we got next. We got next. Uh, okay, two two Ghostbusters two news items follow ups as well here. Um, uh, on the Hank Deutschendorf news front, uh, there um, the the GoFundMe is still in full swing uh, that uh, his brother Will has set up. Um, if you haven't donated to that, please go do that. Uh, listening to the great uh, yes, have some interview that they did with Will. Uh, he did mention that there's a lot of people out there that keep saying, "Oh my God, I'm so sorry. What can I do? How can I help?" Um, and he keeps saying, you know, put put your money where your mouth is. If you want to help in some way, shape, or form, um, donate because uh, there's a lot of people that say, "Oh, I'm going to go donate," and then he looks and they don't donate. So, um, you know, it's it's going to a good cause. It's going to the brain research uh, f- that that they've set up to start to get to the bottom of this this mental health uh, awareness issue. So, yeah, uh, go go do that. But. There's also a patch, right, Chris? What is what is this patch that the guys are selling now to kind of help raise money as well? I think it came up almost instantly because when um, Harold Ramis passed away, the um, you know Egon but not forgotten and all that patches and pins right. came up. Yeah, the GB fans <clears throat> pin yeah. that everybody's got, which is really nice, really classy. So yeah. I think it came up really quickly that well, can you know how can the fans uh, show their support and all that and. Uh, I, I kind of assumed that it was just a matter of t- I, <laughs> I, I believe I was talking online and I, I argued that it should be like their their kung fu uh, tiger head, a stylized tiger oh, head yeah. with a hot dog in its yeah. mouth. I thought, but <laughs> uh, in the end, what they went with is the uh, uh, Mowgli in uh, in his um, uh, what do you call the. Uh, is it like a karate gi, gi or something thank you. like I was, that? I was, I was like, yeah. guy, yeah. Kai, yeah. Gi. Yes, thank you. So he's in he's in a uh, karate gi, and uh, which is uh, impressive because, of course, they move, not only moved one arm but had to put some uh, body and legs on him there. Uh, right. And then yeah. it, you know, it says Hank Duchendorf uh, and all this sort of thing. And they are going to turn that into patches and stickers, which will be available for sale. And the you know the uh, uh, profit slash proceeds go to. Um, uh, to the to the cause, so nice. Yeah. So they're not up for sale yet. No, they're still they working revealed on the them patch, then? which okay. is how we found out about it. And it, like I said, it's very cool, and I'm definitely going to be getting one. Uh, I still want to make my tiger with a hot dog in its mouth. That might be a good pin, actually, if I want to make like I'm going to get yeah, a patch. That's a good idea. Because <laughs> come on, like, the two things yeah. that that exemplify their life, their 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 martial arts. Uh, and, and infamy <laughs> being named for named a, hot dog. a hot dog. Um, yeah. So anyways, that's well, poor man. Stay tuned. Cause the minute those goes on sale, we'll definitely be, be talking them up. Yeah. And, uh, I wonder if maybe the proton pins guys can do the, that, that would be cool. What, but, mine? Uh, but yeah, I so definitely want to talk. yeah, yours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, you can do it too, obviously. I don't, well, I don't want to uh, bother to make a pin. Uh, maybe I'll design the pin. They can make the pin. There you go. Yeah, design it for them, and then they can they can go for it. But uh, so anyway, so yeah, we'll we'll post those when they're up. Uh, was it Luke John Hoarder? Was that the the name of the, uh, yeah. the person that was spearheading yep. it? Mr. Yeah, Hoarder. Um, so uh, so yeah, we'll we'll post that when we have more news on that. Um, also, uh, so a, a small Ghostbusters two news item. There was that uh, photo 
Um, it was a journalist who was visiting the Ghostbusters 2 yeah. web, or I was going to say website. Oh my God, that's how tired I am. <laughs> uh, you know, the, 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 the website location, the you know, thing. where they film the movies. Yeah, uh, yeah the, the filming location. He was there on set uh, and got this photo, I would imagine, for his for, for the article, uh, for the whatever he was there to report on. Um, no, because I believe um, he was television. He's a, he's a Canadian uh, journalist and author. Oh, okay. So he was there for a set and visit. Yeah. Writes, I believe he's written a couple of books on film and stuff like that. Uh, but at the time, I think he was doing a television piece. And I get the impression that this was a like a uh, do you guys mind if we get a picture sort of thing um yeah yeah uh and I, i'm not sure <laughs> well looking at bill murray's face that's definitely, that's definitely what, what this is. was like this was not like a staged promo uh publicity off. uh yeah I, I would like to take this time to remind certain younger young adult should know better uh members of the fan community when a picture shows up with the four guys and somebody who's not you you can't get mad at that guy that's not Hugh because he was there and got his picture taken with the four guys. Like there was actually some outright angry responses. Oh, like no. that angry face emoticon got like like a unlike emoticon or whatever you want to call it got got what, abused. Why angry? Just out of jealousy? Why? I, I, why yes. were people angry and I'm about like, it? that's not healthy. Like just get some perspective on that that's one. Kids. Strange. Yeah. But uh, the rest of us were very excited because there's not a lot of. I mean, it's not like it shows a lot of the set, but it's quite clearly the four of them being incarcerated at the the. Uh, the the insane asylum there before yeah, the, the, psychiatric the psychiatric ward, ward before yeah. the you know the third act and this we don't that doesn't come up a lot you know what I mean like no. I think well I mean photos for Ghostbusters two are so rare, rare to begin with to begin with which and yeah. when you think about it the stuff we see the most of is uh, in the L A firehouse especially Lewis and Janine in the uh, a lot right. of set yeah. photos of like Peter's place and all that. A lot on the street for the big finale, or the uh, the 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 guys coming out of the uh, like dealing at the the museum, the museum, yeah. and the you know the special effects uh, shots leading up to it, and all that, like the 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 studio thing, the the you know the Hollywood barn. What's it called? <laughs> um, uh, but so it's the, the rare, like just you can kind of yeah. sit down and you. You start counting them on your fingers and you'd start to run dry pretty quick. So to have this one come, you know, obviously taken on the set for the day or a couple of days they were shooting at the, uh, the psychiatric ward was I mean, downright impressive, right? Like it was just kind of exciting. Yeah, like, where pretty- did this come from? And I think it's something that you you mentioned last week, just these little things that are new to us that we haven't seen before. I just, I take so much joy. I, I get so delighted when I see things where I'm like, oh my God, I've never seen that before. So this photo, I saw that and it, and it serves as, well, it serves as three things. One, it's a photo that we've never seen before from, from like you said, a, a sequence that really doesn't have a whole lot of documentation behind no. it. Uh, two, it's just always great to see the four guys in a single photo exactly. together. And then three, it is so typical Bill Murray. Like I was saying earlier, you know, Harold is posed and smiling and he looks like he's the, the usual affable guy that he always is. Um, Dan and Ernie are, are doing this sort of trademark pointing at the camera. You know, they've, they've rehearsed this. This is their go-to when they have a photo op with somebody that they're like, hey, can I grab a quick picture? 
Uh, Bill Murray does not look like he could give a damn no. about anything that's happening. He's got a Chinese food thing in his hand. <laughs> he's got at least like a mouthful of noodles at the time. And he just, he's kind of staring blankly into the camera. Like really, we're going to do this right now. I'm in the middle of eating. Come on, man. Yeah. I get the impression that that entire shot, Bill's involvement came about because it was quite obviously for the press. <laughs> Yeah. If it was, yeah, it was, if it was just some guy visiting, he knew somebody, <laughs> got him on the set, sort of thing. One, two, maybe three of them, but no Bill. But in this case, yeah. somebody went for the journalist for CTV or wherever uh, he was at the time. All Please right. come get your picture yeah. taken. Uh, the guy was um, young at the time too, which I think is the other thing that drives people mad. Is that guy was like, he looked like he was mid twenties, maybe. Yeah, he's uh, well, you know, it's. Again, it's I, I I could be completely jealous of. Remember when the video surfaced of the the dad who took, took his kids. kids to the New yeah. York filming location, and everybody got really jealous about these two kids, and just be happy for those guys. Yeah. Like, of course, I'm upset because, sure, I'd love to be standing on the rear step of the Ecto One A, or I'd love to be going up to Video Village, and all of a sudden Dan Aykroyd is shaking my hand and introducing himself as Doctor Ray Stans. Like, I that's so cool, but yeah. Now, 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 contrary to what you may uh-huh. have heard, I don't know David Gianmarco from Toronto, so I don't know this guy's. Uh, we don't all know David from Toronto, but uh, you guys all know each other. That's, that's a Canadian thing. <laughs> uh, I, so I don't know his. I don't know his uh, his career very very well, but uh, yeah, you know what? I'm. Th- we should reach out to him. He was there. Yeah. He was on the set. We should talk to him. Talk about a set visit. Well, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll do, do our that. own. All right. uh, I was there too. <laughs> yeah, and he can tell us about why Bill Murray wasn't so uh, happy <laughs> that, that photo. Uh, I just quickly um, called him up. Uh, I was right. He's a, a television personality, actor, journalist, and author of the book For Your Eyes Only, Behind the Scenes of the James Bond Films. Oh, nice. All right, see, there he goes, a fellow film buff. So, again, you can't be mad at him. He, he was somebody who him. enjoyed, he actually appreciated being there, I'm sure. Yeah. So, um, we should find so, yeah, him. Let's, we'll reach we out to him. him. Yeah, let's, let's do talk it. to this guy. So, all right, so two more quick things before we get into the uh, one year later chat. Uh, Twisted Tunes, this is something that came up uh, about about this time last year, I want to say. It was sort of in that that tidal wave of news, that of things that were happening. But um, uh, Maurice LaMarche uh, was there doing a live reading of the Ghostbusters script. Yeah. Um, we knew it was happening. I'm led to believe it's, yeah. But I don't think we heard any of it. We we never yeah I don't think we heard or saw it and and you found a video of it uh, just this past week and and posted it up yeah. and which you pointed out was a year old so I I'm just gonna argue that it got posted like shortly after we finished the podcast a year ago I'm yeah I'm sure <laughs> that's probably that's exactly what happened like we recorded on Wednesday night it came up on that that show and then on Thursday that's when the video was posted and then we go oh we'll we'll post it and then it never happens so <laughs> uh, so at any rate it's uh it's really fun the entire video is up on the Proton Charging Facebook uh, and and uh, Twitter as well but uh so what they do is it's these live readings like they do here in L A um, Jason Reitman actually did that one of Ghostbusters where he cast everybody to play the roles. Uh, very fun. Of course, these are all voice actors. So uh, these are people who do multiple voices yeah. for all of the different characters, which is really fun to, to see and hear. Uh, so why don't let's play just a, a small clip of it. I know we want to get into our, our chat here, um, but uh, here's here's just a little bit of that Twisted Tunes uh, reading. Holy crap. That should be the remake right there, dude. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. Moving on. 
Next scene, as stance, Marius, let's switch to the brain. Nice. As Spangler, Jess, how about Roger Rabbit? Oh, yeah. Uh, we're going to narrate it. Nolan, let's just keep doing impressions. How about John Cleese? <laughs> Narration. As uh, Dean Yeager, Troy, Patrick Warburton. <laughs> and as Vankman, I think it's time to hear from Mr. Wesker. <laughs> Whenever you guys are ready. Cool, man. Oh, God. <laughs> Patty, if you're watching this, this is all in love. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Exterior Columbia University Day Vankman, Stance, and Spengler head for their lab in Weaver Hall. <laughs> Spengler makes rapid calculations as Vankman and Stance argue. Get her. That was your whole plan. You call that science? <laughs> I guess I got a little overexcited by then. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it incredible, though? I'm, I'm telling you, this is a first. You know what this could mean to the university? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. This could be bigger than the microchip. They'll probably throw out the entire engineering department and turn their building over to us. We are probably the first serious scientist to ever molest a dear old lady! How about Japers, fellas? I wouldn't say the experience was completely wasted. Based on time and readings, I think we have an excellent chance of actually catching a ghost and holding it indefinitely like my lovely wife, Jessica. Dude, I kick ass, I told you. <laughs> then we were right. This is great. And if the ionization rate is constant for all ectoplasmic entities, I think we could really kick ass. <laughs> In the spiritual sense, of course. Spengler, are you serious about actually catching a ghost? I'm always serious. <laughs> Wow. Egon, I take back everything I've ever said about you. You completely saturate me. <laughs> Interior the lab day. As they walk in, janitorial and maintenance personnel are busy dismantling their apparatus and equipment. Dean Yeager is appreciating and supervising. I trust you're moving us to a better space somewhere on campus. <laughs> no! We're moving you off campus. <laughs> the Board of Regents had decided to terminate your grant. You had to vacate these premises immediately. <laughs> This is preposterous. I demand an explanation. Fine. This university will no longer continue any funding of any kind for your group's activities. But why? The students love us. I've made love to each and every one of them. 
Dr. Bankman, we believe that the purpose of science is to serve mankind. You, however, seem to regard science as some kind of dodge or hustle. Your theories are the worst kind of popular tribe. Your methods are sloppy. Your conclusions are highly questionable. You're a poor scientist, Dr. Bankman, and you have no place in this department or in this university! I see. <laughs> Exterior Columbia University day a little later. Stance and Venkman are sitting on a bench, both looking desolate. <laughs> this is a major disgrace. Forget MIT or Stanford now, they wouldn't touch us with a 10-meter cattle prod. Mm, always so worried about your reputation. We don't need the university. We have Ouroboros. Einstein did his best stuff while he was working as a patent clerk. You know what a patent clerk makes? I liked the university. They gave us money, they gave us facilities, and we didn't have to produce anything. I've worked in the private sector. They expect results. You've never been out of college. You don't know what it's like out there. Let me tell you, Ray. Everything in life happens for a reason. Call it fate. Call it luck, karma, whatever. I think we are destined to get kicked out of there. Yeah! <laughs> I'm sorry, I was just hanging around in the back. <laughs> to go into business for ourselves. Oh, I don't know. That costs money, Peter. And the ecto-containment system <laughs> we have in mind will require a load of bread to capitalize. Where would we get the money? Exterior Avenue of the Americas Day, Venkman Stance, and Spengler emerge from the Irving Trust Bank. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never regret this, Ray, not that I care. My parents left me that house. I was born there. You're not going to lose the house. Everybody has three mortgages these days. But at 19% interest? It was the 90s, folks. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even bargain with the guy. Just for your information, Ray, the interest payment for loan for the first five years comes to over $95,000. That's a lot of moolah. Enough! Will you guys relax? We are on the threshold of establishing the indispensable defense science of the next decade. Professional paranormal investigations and eliminations. The franchise rights alone will make us wealthy beyond your wildest dreams. And see. Boom! Okay, quick, Chris, before we get into chatting about Answer the Call, uh, let's tease something of our own. Sure. It's something that we have teased before, yeah. and we're still, unfortunately, going to tease it. It's not quite not ready. Quite. We're not quite there yet. Ten more minutes in the oven. 
it's yeah just the, it needs that extra little bit because the, you know when you cook the pizza and the, there's that that watery frozen spot in the middle we're still trying to we're trying to get that to cook but uh <laughs> So uh, our T-shirt design, our cross-rip T-shirt, yes, it is coming. It is it is coming very shortly. And what we're going to do is with this episode, uh, we're going to post a little glimpse of the T-shirt in the show notes. It's going to be the cover photo that goes up there on the Ghostbusters HQ website when the, the episode goes up. So you will be able to see what this T-shirt will look like, at least the front of it. Uh, and, uh, it should be on sale. I think we're, we're now aiming for, uh, the end of July, first week of August is when we're going to put it up. So, uh, so you'll get a, you get a glimpse at it. You can decide if you like it. And if you uh, don't like it, please don't tell us because we don't want to change it. We really love it. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, so that, that t-shirt's going to be up and that's going to help keep the lights on here at the cross rip, uh, at least, you know, for, for another year or two, uh, just to kind of help with the server funds and things like that. So, um, very cool. Uh, and maybe it'll become a, an annual thing or something. We'll start putting out a a t-shirt series for cross rip listeners, uh, but uh, so, yeah, if you listen to this on your iTunes, your Stitcher, your SoundClouds, uh, the 500 other ways that you can listen to the CrossRip um, and you do not see that image, if you go to the GhostbustersHQ.net uh, website, hit the interdimensional CrossRip, it will be right there at the top. And uh, that's that's the Dan Shoning, the Dapper Dan Shoning Dapper design Dan. for the first maybe annual, maybe semi-regular uh, interdimensional crossword t-shirts. So go, go check that out and uh, we'll have more news on when it goes on sale soon. Well, 360, well, it's not, it's almost 365 days since we were at the premiere, Chris, uh, one, almost one year later as we record this, cause the premiere was on uh, July 9th, right. that event that we were at. And the movie came out on the 15th, right? Right. So we're we're when you guys listen to this, we will be at the one year mark. But yeah. as Chris and I are recording this, it is not quite one year. Uh, but yeah, Ghostbusters answer the call. Uh, still very strange to talk about a new Ghostbusters movie, um, even though you know we have uh, with with a year in the rearview mirror on this, we have sort of started talking about it a little bit less and less. Um, it's always been very strange to talking the past tense about a new Ghostbusters movie after all those years of speculating what a new Ghostbusters movie is going to be oh it's going to be the Ben Stiller version oh it's going to be the Farley and and Sandler version Uh, you know now we're talking past tense a year ago about a third movie and I'm I'm still kind of getting used to it in fact even like watching the movie because I watched it again before we recorded this uh, tonight uh, it's, it's still very it's strange it doesn't feel I don't know. It doesn't feel real. <laughs> it's it's one of those. It's tough tough to explain. You know, like uh, for Star Wars fans, I hear them talking about it quite a bit too. Uh, you know, you listen to Rebel Force Radio and they say, "Look, there was a a dearth of Star Wars. There was nothing, and now all of a sudden." Uh, Force Awakens came out and we didn't even have time to absorb that movie before we were talking about Rogue One and Rogue One wasn't even on video before we were talking about a Han Solo movie and The Last Jedi and it's it's such a strange thing now. We have such an embarrassment of riches here that we can talk about another movie, but yeah. Uh, so I thought we would, we would talk a little bit here. We can talk about the movie itself. We can talk about the experience. We can talk about now that we have the distance on it and, 
can kind of be a little more critical of the movie, can kind of see with a more analytical eye the the things that we like, the things that we didn't like, the things that we think work, that sort of thing. Um, and even just sort of reminisce about the experience itself. But uh, so this this is going to be a quick, you know, free free form conversation for the next like 30 minutes or so with Chris and I just sort of talking about stuff. Uh, not not very. It's not an interview. I do have some discussion points here that I have on the rundown. But uh, I thought you and I could just sort of talk about this. I mean, how how are you feeling a, a year tired. later? I mean, I know oh, you mean about the movie. Well, that too. I mean, we were tired when the movie was coming out, as I recall, um, uh, because it was it was exhausting trying to keep up with all of the news and then with all of the events, and it, it was pretty tiring. Yeah, um, I don't recall any of that though, to be honest. Um, really, it's just because it's all it's a blur, or yeah, you just, I don't know if part of that is yeah. just just don't remember the <laughs> that or, or not. Um, <laughs> I, uh, it's, I don't know. It's kind of settled into my mind. It's there. It is what it is. I mean, for all the arguing that's been going on and all this, I think I've been fairly, uh, you know, reports to the contrary. I think I've been fairly level headed in that I, I kind of accepted it was there. I can't, I talked about this before. I went into this movie with a brain that was already I already had uh, a well-established like uh stinkometer if you want to call it like <laughs> right. Highlander 2 is right. the movie by which I measure all other movies yeah, is it and this two? movie yeah. is nowhere near Highlander 2. Yeah. So it's yeah. very easy for me to go into a film and um you know, it has to work real hard and be real bad before I I actually yeah. react to it in a in a in an outright aggressively negative way. Um, sure, yeah. I think there are times when films have stuff where I just you know have some bright spots, and then other things I kind of I'm kind of like, well, why did they do that? This didn't even hit that yeah. point. The, this movie, like I I said it before, I stand by it. It's a seven out of ten for me. Uh, it didn't set the world on fire. I think it'll find its place and maybe even a little bit of a cult place, but I, I, I think it, it is of its time comedy wise, as opposed to Ghostbusters, which kind of stamped some new territory, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. And and you can't, you can't, you can't fault a movie for just being okay. (laughs) <laughs> like <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean it, it's i i think what what you just said totally makes sense because that's what really struck me watching it again because it, it had been a little while since i had watched it from start to finish i caught a little bit of it on stars when they aired it uh, whatever it was a month or two ago stars uh but what really struck me about the movie was you know uh, the original Ghostbusters comes out in 84. It is radically different from a lot of things that have been seen. You know, it is, it's very similar to the, the ghost breakers and the Bob Hope comedies and, and Abbott and Costello meets Frankenstein. And we, we've talked about those influences before, yeah. but it was very different. And then when Ghostbusters two came out, it was a result of people who had seen the movie, but a lot of people who had seen the cartoon because the cartoon had, had sort of, spawned so much of the popularity so much of the merchandising which you know you see the dollar signs and the business aspect of that yeah. so so ghostbusters 2 was heavily influenced by the cartoon 
Janine changes. Uh, things are a little more kid-friendly. Nobody's smoking cigarettes. Uh, Slimer is uh, redesigned to look a little bit more like the cartoon version. Um, and in fact, is a friendly ghost, and he's hanging around the firehouse inexplicably. We're not entirely sure why. Um, so, so what struck me watching Answer the Call uh, tonight was it's the same thing that happened to Ghostbusters 2, but now with almost 30 years distance on it, it's the same thing that if you took Ghostbusters, real Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2, you threw it into a Bassomatic and you blended that thing up, it would result in Ghostbusters Answer the Call because it is so heavily influenced by the cartoons. It is so heavily influenced by the movies. And then it's also trying to be its own thing at the same time. Yeah. Um, and it, and it's sort of... I feel like that's that's what it is. Like if 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 Ghostbusters two was the answer to uh, the cartoon, uh, answer the call is the, <laughs> no seriously no play on words here uh, in, intended. Answer the call is the answer to the Ghostbusters phenomenon of the eighties. Like that's kind of how I look at it now. It's it's a love letter. It's sort of trying to spark to all of those things that people will know and recognize and including themes, including sayings, including gear and people and scenarios. And it's, it's really trying to do that because it knows that that's what people love much in the way that Ghostbusters two was trying to do the same thing with the cartoons. So that's that, that was my takeaway after this last viewing. Yeah. Answer the call was automatically going to have to, to deal with the same problem that Ghostbusters two had, which was Ghostbusters one was all the people involved bringing their uh, love and elements. We know from some of the the lectures, some of which we ran on here, that Harold Ramis was a big fan of film comedy, going all the way back yeah. to the Marx Brothers and beyond and all that. Uh, Dan Aykroyd, uh, just a head full of creative, wacky ideas. Uh, Bill Murray, just a, a, a walking improv machine. Uh, Ivan Reitman. Uh, still early in his career, relatively, uh, looking to, to do some interesting things. Boss Film Studios, some talented and experienced, yeah. but kind of, you know, early to mid-career, looking to prove a point. Um, so a lot of blood, sweat, and tears went in and synthesized all of those elements into something new, which was, yes, there had been, you know, paranormal comedies before, but this is the one in the 80s, which means it's going to have, at the time, the 80s comedies, there was a large tech bent to them. Does that make any sense? Weird yeah. Science, well, I mean, it, uh, Back to the Future. Weird Science, yeah, exactly. It, the, yeah. The, the, they, those movies had been made before, like, uh, uh, what do you want to call it? Absent Minded Professor, uh, Flubber, uh, The Computer yeah. Wore Tennis Shoes. Like, they were a, a much more naive approach to to technology and then you do um weird science where it gets real hard real fast military industrial complex computer super processors <laughs> but it's that's kind of this weird real world tech backbone to the comedy you know college comedy sort of thing uh back to the future yeah. time travel movies all done been done before but all of them were you know like time tunnel which again very kind of tongue-in-cheek naive uh, almost fantasy 
you know, the time machine itself, which was supposed to be a machine, but was basically just, you know, a Deus Ex Machida sort of thing. Back to the Future, right. they're like, no. Yeah. Car, uh, the, the, <laughs> the coating helps deflect the energy. It's going to heat up and, or freeze. You know, like, it's just all of these. It run on plutonium. Like, they... Ghostbusters things. Yeah. And the Ghostbusters... <laughs> helped kind of set that up because it was early enough in the 80s that it kind of helped stamp that template of yes there have been paranormal theoretical science but we're going to throw some almost real sounding theoretical science in there to give it that edge by the time you got to ghostbusters 2 we'd seen that before and by the time you got to answer the call what had really changed other than they have cell phones do you know what i mean like yeah. It was, yeah, it's still about the same. It's, it's, yeah. There wasn't there wasn't this and not only that, as you said, it had to respond to you know, it wasn't necessarily trying to pull from these older comedies, rather it was trying to uh it, well, answer the call. It was trying to be an answer to uh, the earlier uh, Ghostbusters films. And yeah. again, Paul Feig and the actresses, all very talented people. Um Pulling in some of their influences, but the heart of it was trying to uh, to uh, walk in step with the first movie, into a, a certain degree, the second yeah. movie, and all that. And that's always a tough one, you know. That's yeah. Well, and and the cartoons, yeah. it's trying to walk in step with with the so franchise. many different. It's things trying and, to walk in yeah. step with. The, it's trying to join in on the franchise. Yeah. Uh, I think it worked in some ways. It worked didn't work in others. Uh, you and I talked about this before. Um, it was a movie that was never going to be allowed to get out of its own way, no matter what. Yeah. And that was always going to cause problems. And I've said it before, part of my 7 out of 10 comes from the fact that, wow, the stuff that they had, to, you know, the stuff they tried to do, you know, some worked, some didn't. The stuff that they had to involve, the number of people involved the you know the all this stuff mixed together it's like this movie should have really fallen apart way harder yeah the studio pressure and instead what we got was not bad like you know what i mean like i can rewatch it well done (laughs) so yeah it's rewatchable and i don't i mean maybe because it's because you mentioned it's it's of its time and the only thing that's kind of changed is is cell phones but like the other thing that really struck me watching it is like if this movie would have come out say in 1995 or 1996 if if you took this exact movie without changing anything and you released it in like the early to mid 90s i i feel like it would have just it would have done bonkers business because yeah. it does kind of feel a little bit like one of those 90s movies and and uh, you know maybe it is dating it a little bit maybe it is sort of saying that it's it's got that same sort of um not ca- it's not camp, but it's the same, you know, and the only reason I bring it up is because we went and we saw Wonder Woman, which was fantastic. I, I will fess up. I loved Wonder Woman. But then we watched. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're waiting for um, you. But then if you, okay, so if you watch Batman you forever. I'm going to sing the whole theme song. Keep going. Keep going. No. This is going to fuel me. So if you watch, if you watch Batman forever. Yes. Immediately after that, which is what we did, and I don't know why it just happened to be on HBO when we got <laughs> right. home, but but Batman Forever is that same sort of everything is hyper saturated, all of the colors are very vibrant, and even though this is a you know a Robert Yeoman movie, and I love his cinematography, th- it feels like it's trying to play on that sort of that color palette, that same sort of like. Uh, neon bright and vibrant like when you watch batman forever there's a bunch of like black light 
neon it's super 90s and you're like why is that and it almost feels in in this and answer the call they're trying to harken back to that like here it's it's kind of for kids it's kind of like a big comic book it's almost like an animated movie yeah um everything is sort of hyper real and um and and that's what drew me to that conclusion that it and people have also said it's like a really good real ghostbusters extreme ghostbusters episode and i think that's what they intended i think that's what they were kind of going for maybe even if it wasn't a conscious thing you know that's that's yeah that's kind of where it ended up that's where that's where it is and and there are many episodes of real ghostbusters that are completely rewatchable there are some that are not yeah uh and i feel like this sort of falls falls in line with those there's there's an unknown uh quantity in this whole discussion too and it's one that will take years to unfold because no matter what anybody tells you they don't have the answers yet uh we know that what was it you and i were talking about this one and a half million copies of blu-ray dvd sold which is quite impressive in this the current yeah and again people will look at numbers and go it's pretty good in the the streaming media well, era. Yeah. Um, again we don't know how many people own a digital copy we don't know how many people then will uh, be streaming it when it ends up other places we don't know so <clears throat> we've seen evidence of uh, kids responding to it and hey Guess what we yeah. were when we saw this movie, right? Like, or the first one, rather. <laughs> right. Like, right. And at that time, I, I guarantee you there were people, well, we know that was the case, and we know that there were reviews going, well, this is a stupid ball of fluff. You know, like, yeah. you know, uh, Bill Murray doing that stupid Bill Murray thing, and ugh, boy, Saturday Night Live, eh? Right? Yeah. Is this for kids? I don't understand. Right. There's a ghost blowjob in the middle of it. So, who is the audience for this movie? Yeah, we've we've all seen those. We reviews. all saw it, yeah. and then you know, here we are, you know, decades later, going, well, it it's a classic. Yeah, it was a, probably a cult classic, is what it was for the longest time, and then it it kind of it's starting to re-enter the popular uh, parlance again, again, in no small part to hey, a new movie coming out. So we we right. just we just don't know what what kind of impact that movie had in the long run i suspect over time it will continue to find and solidify much the same way that i have to deal with whippersnappers like you who never saw the first movie in theater saw the cartoon <laughs> first and then you know what i mean like like yeah guilty it's, it's yeah. right now people are just kind of well it's a piece of crap and it should be buried and it's kind of like i don't think so because I've seen like kids. Kids love what kids love, and whether it was good or bad, they enjoyed it. Like you know, no matter what we think of it, they seem to enjoy it, and it means something to yeah. them. As kids, they you know, a lot of kids will have had their magic cinematic moment watching four women fight ghosts. Great, uh, you know what I mean. Much the same way that I enjoyed the first movie, and um, I you know, it, it'd be like if I was. You know, hassling kids. You know, twenty years ago, going. You never saw it. The 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 first one. You saw the cartoons first, day. Eh? <laughs> well, bleh. you know, sucks. To, You're not, not a real, a real fan. fan. Sucks to you because, <laughs> boy, some of those stunk. You know what I mean? Like it's just you gotta make room for the people to respond to it. So there's yeah. this. That's the other thing. It's a year later, and I feel kind of weird talking about it because, frankly. You know, let's come back in nine years because I'll be really curious what the tenth anniversary 
well, of this yeah. movie will have brought because and that's the other thing it's come out at a time where um you know it's not exactly unfair to point out that it had a, a sizable budget and that may or may not have needed but again that's just speculation on our part because we don't know the business details right. we, we haven't seen a ledger anywhere like we can't we can only speak to it <laughs> we know about those 30 million dollar reshoots oh but, my god uh, it, you know like you know I've, every time money comes up you and i go but at a certain point what the hell do we know right like we're just seeing yeah exactly we're um talk about it it's yeah. come out at a time where uh hollywood and its summer blockbusters is at a weird rocky point like all the money is going to these summer blockbusters and they're kind of falling left, right, and center. So again, hoorah to a Ghostbusters answer the call for, again, kind of coming in okay, right? Like it just, it didn't completely yeah, blow up. Didn't, just, uh, you know, like a, it's, yeah. How, I mean, how much are we supposed to punish a movie for not setting the world on fire, but just kind of being sure. a movie, right? Like, well, and, and the <clears> criticisms are valid. I mean, there, there are, Again, rewatching it now, uh, and especially rewatching the director's cut, yeah. which has changed quite a bit of the film. Uh, you know, there are things that I'm like, I love Zach Woods, but this isn't making me laugh like it used to. Like that first couple of those first viewings that I saw, I was like, oh, that's pretty good. I like the Barnum and Bailey joke, yeah. uh, but it it doesn't it doesn't have that same reaction. But then at the same time, you know, I watch the original Ghostbusters and I don't laugh at every line now too because I know it by heart. For one, it's kind of hard to telegraph yeah. a, a laugh in that sense. But and here, uh, here, you know, it's here's just, the thing I noticed watching that outdoor screening. I've noticed every time I see the movie again. If you see the first movie with a crowd, like I can sit here and watch the movie as you say, and I enjoy it. The original movie, yeah, not laughing out loud, right? Like I've seen it so many times. It's it is a it is a pleasant tingle is what it is. You know what I mean? Like it just, it's a warm and fuzzy go see it in a theater with a bunch of people. I'm laughing at jokes again because there's a crowd, there's an energy sort of thing. So, and and then again, that speaks to the time that it's out with. Like that's the, that's the other thing too. Like Ghostbusters came out at a time where home video was just taking off. Like yeah. Ghostbusters came out at by that point a handful year of years into the start of the rental market. Like seriously, yeah. the rental market taking off. And Ghostbusters was a great movie for the rental market. And but yeah, people would still be going back to the the theater to see it three, four times yeah. because that was the easiest and best way to see it, cheapest way to go see it. As a matter yeah, of yeah, well, that's the other thing too, right? Like at the time, the the whole don't worry, I'll catch it in you know on TV or hey, I'll catch it on video or God forbid, nobody left Ghostbusters saying, well, I'll pick it up because you and I talked about that a few episodes ago. Where if you wanted to buy a new copy of Ghostbusters back then, you were dropping one hundred and twenty bucks, <laughs> right? Like yeah. in in nineteen eighty five money, you were spending one hundred and twenty bucks. Oh man! So do the yeah. math on that one. That's that's a couple hundred bucks easy, right? Like so, um, we now. Oh right, and then like it by eighty seven because I think I mentioned this before. I was there when. Terminator 2 kind of turned the the home video market on its head by not only releasing to rent, but people only had to pay 30 bucks for a copy right right then and there. You could pick it up and take it home for 30 bucks. So again, Ghostbusters, we all know it entered that market. Like how many copies do we own of you know VHS and then 
new editions of the VHS and then the clamshell, the letterbox clamshells of both movies. And all, like it got reissued more than most movies ever did, right? Like it was on the list of movies yeah. where you were going to put out multiple editions over a 10 year period. How does that work now when home, like physical home media, it's dead. I went to Best Buy the yeah. other day and was shocked. Like I, it's, I mean, it's desolated. I, there's, there's nothing I, there. I used yeah. to go to the Best Buy by my, my office here uh, when it opened up, I guess, 10 years ago now. Um, VHS, gone, but DVD, solid, Blu-ray, maybe just starting to take off, I guess, about that time. Yeah. And it was library racks of DVDs and to a lesser degree that one section of Blu-rays and then video games had their own library sized chunk. And then it was, you know, home entertainment electronics and some computer stuff. I then went back like last time I was in was last year and I went in and the DVDs and Blu-rays had shrunk to two aisles. Most of it was the new release up front, which had them side by side DVD and Blu-ray and I was in there a couple of weeks ago, and uh, it was all home appliances. That whole space for video games, et cetera, yeah. was now home appliances. It's all gone. And at the bottom of the yeah. stairs, I found two tiny shelves of mostly kids. It turns out if you're going to sell a physical copy of something, it was mostly kids animated family, family films. films. Yeah. And then a few of the hotter ones, Logan and all that, whatever was brand new that at that mm. time. So I don't. And anybody who says they know that they're full of shit, it's uh, whoop, whoop. Sorry, way to go, baby Oscar. <laughs> That's going to be my response to accidentally swearing from now on. Way to go, baby Oscar. Way to go, baby Oscar. Uh, that was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, we don't know where it's going to go in a streaming. You know what I mean? It's there. <sighs> yeah. It's never been easier to find, and at the same time, stuff that's easy to find doesn't doesn't get picked up as easy then you know there's too many other options there's too many other places to throw your attention so i i'm curious what you know the 10th anniversary will be and actually by that point how the new entries the new animated movie oh, uh, the, i mean the show, yeah, that's true any sequel because in a 10-year period good shot at another movie coming out like the way things are going right now so yeah, real good shot at the 10-year mark i mean we do know you know 2019 we've got the animated film coming uh, and then, you know, Ecto Force, the animated series, probably somewhere shortly behind there. You know, we, I think that's kind of been put on the back burner for this animated film, but that's in the, the near future. That's in two years here. So yeah, 10 years from now, we could be talking about another live action film. We could be talking about a live action TV series. Uh, it, you know, look, look how fast things happen now in the entertainment industry. Like you were saying, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, all these movies that came out, Transformers Five, uh, big tentpole blockbuster movies that are kind of fizzling at the box office. Yeah. So they're going to probably move to a different model now and and start to figure out. I don't know. This this almost feels like we're on that verge. We're on that bubble, uh, right in the 1970s ish. You know, maybe a little bit before Star Wars again, where it was like, okay, we're going to start making cheaper films again. We're going to start focusing on smaller stories. We're yeah. going to you know, these are big investments for big businesses and I'm sure the Marvel movies and the Star Wars movies and those things will absolutely continue without a doubt. But, you know, maybe putting all of our stock into 
uh, Knight Rider. Well, you know, like what what is the big franchise? Look at like uh, poor Baywatch came out and and sort of fizzled, yeah. and Chips came out and fizzled, and they're trying to cash in on the intellectual properties. Something like Ghostbusters. As much as I hate to always compare Ghostbusters to Star Wars, because there is it's a little bit of apples and oranges. It is an evergreen property. It is one of those franchises that not quite like a Charlie's Angels, not quite like a, a a Chips or a Knight Rider or one of those kind of things where it's it's a little more niche. Ghostbusters is a little more accessible through wider audiences. Yeah. And I think it's I think it's really safe to say look for for whatever criticisms, whatever um performance issues, whatever whatever the the critiques of answer the call may be we have we have reiterated over and over and over again that has it's been a shot in the arm to this franchise and and if anything if you can look at this movie as a love letter to the franchise if you can look at it as hey it's it's almost like the greatest hits album like when you listen to the red hot chili peppers greatest hits albums it's not like listening to blood sugar sex magic for the first time. It's a totally different experience. It hits the couple of notes that you really liked from yeah. that one album. Plus another couple of hits from the other album. Um, and it's a different experience. It's not quite as fulfilling as the entire album from start to finish. Um, it, it, it's sort of, that's what it feels like to me. And when you look at it in that sort of perspective, if you look at it like the way that, a lot of the great franchises out there doing their fan films, they're trying to reiterate and sort of replicate the things that they know and they love from these movies. Uh, that's, that's kind of what it feels like. I mean, again, I, it probably sucks to, you know, say, and, and if Paul Feig is listening to this, which I'm sure he's not, and he's like, <laughs> Oh, my movie's a fan film. It's a, you know, no, 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 that's, that's not what I'm saying, but it is, it is kind of a love letter. You can tell that he's a fan. You can tell that Katie Dippold was a fan. You can tell that Kristen Wiig was a fan. You can tell that Melissa McCarthy, all of these people were fans of Ghostbusters for different reasons. You know, Melissa McCarthy probably watched the cartoon, loved the cartoon. Paul Feig loves the technology. So there's all of the tech talk and the, that sort of techno babble that, that, uh, Dan Aykroyd loves. That's completely evident throughout the entire movie. Uh, Katie Dippold probably loved, the sort of uh, that sort of bouncy energy that came out of of Ghostbusters as a whole, and you you get that sense from a lot of the things that she tries to instill into the script. And yeah, I think uh, given her age and uh, some of the hints she dropped about what she was watching, I think she like you came in through the cartoon route. More oh than yeah, one hundred percent. So when you 100%. say the energy that comes yeah. out, I think it's the cartoon energy more than anything. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, it completely is summed up in one moment that I know drives some people completely bonkers. And, and to me, I kind of bumped on it and pulled me out of the movie too. But then when you look at it from that lens, uh, when they walk into the Mercado and the piano starts playing the opening strains to the Ghostbusters theme song before it tries to smash them, that's trademark real Ghostbusters. That is like the theme song showing up in source music that doesn't make any sense. How would it know what the Ghostbusters theme is? Um, But that's, that's such a Saturday morning cartoon thing where, you know, the, the, the Smurfs uh, open the door by singing the Smurfs theme song. How do they know what the Smurfs theme song is? (laughs) They're in that world. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, but that's, that's, it's sort of that same sort of Saturday morning cartoon logic, yeah. uh, that, that is very evident. And, and when you look at it through that lens, it, it all makes a whole lot of sense. So 
I don't know. It's it it is. It was actually really interesting to go back and watch it from start to finish. I wish I would have watched the theatrical version rather than the the director's cut because I feel like it's a different different experience. But um, I um had been pondering recently, and nobody's talked about this. I don't know if it'll ever head this way, but I wondered, and this is nothing to do with Ghostbusters other than I think it's could be a cool place for Ghostbusters to exist. Is are we heading in the direction of trying to make so what they want is a summer blockbuster. They want to get their their uh, money set right, like they want to get a better return. So are we heading in the direction of let's sink, you know, the 100 plus millions of dollars into a series, but the first two quote unquote episodes are actually amount to a a film and the film is right. released yeah. into theaters so when the summer blockbuster season comes what we're doing is we're going to the theater 3 4 months early to watch the you know the movie length opening to the Netflix series that we're then going to binge yeah. come October when it gets dropped sort of thing you know is there is in a world where streaming's not going away and the theaters are trying to survive and the studios are trying to survive based on these big blockbuster numbers that are not, you know, they're starting to, to that model starting to falter a bit. You know, do we see ourselves, is, is there some sort of uh, strange hybrid of the two kind of headed our way? I mean, that's, I feel like that's actually probably not too far off. I mean, if you look at, uh, in humans is doing that exact thing. The, the first two hours of the show is going to be an IMAX movie. And oh, then okay. see, I didn't uh, know the rest that. of it's going to be, yeah, uh, I'm a retrograde genius. I don't know what that means. Yeah, or or uh, Star Star Wars: The Clone Wars. The first whatever it was four episodes were released as a film, and then that's what launched uh, oh, the animated series. All right, um, so my hunch was correct. Uh, I, people are already yeah, thinking along feel, these lines. Well, and then it's because because TV is sort of experiencing this renaissance because there are all of these great TV shows that everybody's talking about that are appointment viewing. Uh, you know, uh, like a Game of Thrones, uh, everybody's modeling things after Game of Thrones. Star Trek Discovery, I've I've seen a lot of, of Trek fans are not happy with the fact that they are modeling some stuff after Game of Thrones, including main characters can die and, and that sort of thing. But, but it also, you know, Game of Thrones is so cinematic, it could be a movie. Yeah. Those first couple episodes could have been a film. Um, yeah. And and in fact, they're talking about ending the series with the film. Uh, Discovery, I think they will probably do a big theatrical release. Uh, yeah, so I think that's that's probably a safe assumption. This this, this pie in the sky talk we've had about wouldn't it be great if there was a primetime television? This was back when things were couched in primetime television. You know, the Buffy the yeah. Vampire Slayer model. Uh, we're past that now. It's like it could it could be now that why don't why don't you get us super excited with the the big opening we'll come binge watch the 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 arc set up by the theatrical release with a couple yeah. of standalone episodes here and there uh after you know eight to 13 episodes give us a a big uh, two-parter wrap up and i guarantee you you'd be able to start doing like stranger things etc you'd be like we'll see you in two years with the second season like filming begins now we'll we'll see you in a couple years right like that's exactly like yeah the stranger things model or the the preacher model i mean look at you know uh 
Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen have been trying to make Preacher into a feature film for years, and then they go to AMC and they say, "Well, can be it's can it be a series?" And they say, "Of course, it can be a series." Yeah. Uh, and so now they're two seasons in, and you know everybody's talking so highly of the second season now because the first season sort of wet their appetite for it, set up the world. They had a whole lot of room to play. Um, you know, picture picture Ghostbusters in that same sort of sense. If we would have gotten an episode that introduced uh, four new characters uh, right off of the uh, off the bat, but then you know, send them on this big journey and send them on this uh, yeah. eight episode, ten episode thing. This could uh, be a, a great yeah. way to to you know to um, get some more mileage out of you know four fun characters that came out of answer the call, which is rather than doubling down on trying to do a big summer blockbuster, let them stretch their legs over, you know, you know, half a dozen to a dozen different ideas and then see how they play out there sort of thing. You know, it's, I think it's, I think what we're talking about is that budgets are going to tighten up and that's not necessarily a bad thing is because when you, once you start tightening budgets, people get start, getting a bit more creative and yeah the restrictions are it's it's the jaws model yeah oh we can't see the shark we're going to make it a lot more uh, dynamic and suspenseful so yeah um uh yeah i don't i mean and and the argument there too is well we've got these four um high-paid comedians uh how do we get them onto a netflix show and look i mean scorsese's doing a a netflix uh, movie brad pitt's Um, doing a netflix movie Brad, yeah, exactly. So uh, I think it's possible. Our I think it's possible. Grand Dam of Ghostbusters, Sigourney Weaver is doing uh, one of Neil Blomkamp's uh, Oat Studios, right? Which right. is a, and is in Defenders. Which is so she's com- you know yeah exactly. Well, she's on Defenders, and then like I said, Neil Blomkamp's Oat Studios is as experimental new model <laughs> as it gets right now, right? In terms yeah. of, of trying to yeah. make studio level stuff and she's in there like it basically indicates that nobody has the answer right now it's all up in the air and until like right now you have people that kind of come out nicked and bruised like answer the call like it 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 came out and it did what it was going to do and uh could have been way worse uh and then you have others that like you say this year are falling flat on their face like really just (laughs) yeah really not doing it and I, I think then that's because of that, people are starting to get antsy. There's going to be some experimenting. And yeah, I think once one of them takes off, well, I mean, look at Stranger Things. Once Stranger Things took off, how many other things started getting greenlit left, right, and center, right? Like, right. Everybody wanted the next Stranger Things. Yeah. yeah. Next Stranger Things. The, the, and it was the solid proof. Like, because Netflix had been doing series up to that point and they had some real solid hits and all that. But Stranger Things was just. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. It became their Game of Thrones. It's it's the whole reason that people are signing up for Netflix now. You yeah. know, it, it makes a and, lot of sense. And you can so. see studios are starting to do they're starting to they're starting to think about dealing with these. So what was Oh, uh, American Gods. So Right. Uh, yeah. Basically a friend of mine <laughs> a friend of mine who will remain nameless, not me, because I have an Amazon Prime account, but he does not. So he went out into his little uh, little world there and watched American Gods all the way up to episode seven, uh, and had no problem finding it in these 
alternative markets, <laughs> let's say. All right. Yeah. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I think he's talking to you, Marge. Could not find the final episode for Love Nor Money. And he was just like, ah, ah, and he was so upset. And I was like, well, no, dude, it makes perfect sense. They basically have started to learn that you cannot fight the pirates all over the place. But since you, what you're running is a subscription-based service, let those first seven ones be a lost leader. Don't spend time or money trying to like get those knocked down left, right, and center. Put all your efforts yeah. into yeah. making sure that the second episode eight shows up, it gets yanked down. And what happens is, uh, sure, the you know the the scraggly dark webby bits will probably still get it, but a lot of people will just give up and go. Sorry, how much is an Amazon Prime account? <laughs> all right, good. All right, fine. I got to see and it. And they're all starting. Yeah. It's starting to show that they're starting to think about how to operate best in these in these markets. And I think, uh, I yeah. think, I think, I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of good room there. I think you and I, uh, t- uh, with the Best Buy, kind of touched on the fact that there's there's a good space still for the animated movie because kids' animated movies still do very well in theater. They still do very well in the physical market and very well in the home streaming market because kids will watch the hell out of movies over and over and over again. I say that as somebody that can quote uh, (laughs) the Chipmunks movie Chips Ahoy uh, or whatever the hell, Chipwrecked, sorry. (laughs) Chips Ahoy. God. Uh, I think Nabisco is going to sue somebody for that movie title. Come get me. Put me out of my misery. But... uh, (laughs) Uh, yeah, the, so that's that's cool, but for this mass market, for this old fan, new fan, not kid market, you know, where where's it going to go? Um, uh, I don't know necessarily that yeah. Sony will say, how about we try a Deadpool $65 million Ghostbusters? Um, I don't know. Uh, but at the same time, I think maybe they'll be way more cautious about throwing a hundred plus million at anything. And yeah. And you and I both well, know it, studios slosh around all the time. So in three years time, whatever the composition of the decision-making tree is for the franchise, oh boy. They, yeah. you know, what, what may have been, uh, put it all on summer blockbuster now, uh, may turn into, you know, do a, a web series, do a, <laughs> Do a, a streaming one. Hell, do the hybrid one we're talking about, right? You know, then yeah. maybe they'll say, here's 65 million, do your Deadpool opener, but, and then here's a follow up 60 million to go, you know, tack on the, the binge watch streaming episodes as well. Or, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm well, excited. Is, this is what this is was Sony. supposed to do. They yeah. were supposed to make a new movie, and don't get me wrong, would have been great if the entire world was wearing nothing but Ghostbusters t-shirts, because <laughs> maybe I could finally retire uh, at this yeah. point. But uh, I, I, it really started a lot of uh, thinking going on, and I'm kind of excited to yeah. see where that ends up. I mean... Yeah, it's going to force them to be creative, which is is only going to merit good things, as yeah. opposed to a hastily developed sequel that comes out next year. And well, maybe it's good, maybe it's not. Who knows? But you and I talked about the um, comic was yeah. always great, but starting to kind of reach a hard for new people to jump in point. You know, cast of dozens sort of thing. Like, what what are they going to do? New movie, excellent. But you know, there's a whole yeah. new avenue there to go. Here's explore. a good jumping on point. Yeah. 
And, uh, and, and, you know, is continuing on the stories of this, because that was one of the discussion points that I wanted to put in here mm. was, you know, what would we have liked to have seen, uh, in a sequel to this movie, a direct sequel to this movie. But I feel like we're actually getting that in Ghostbusters 101. So I, I, yeah, it's, it's like a discussion point that's uh, null and void because it's already happening. You can watch the continuation right there and then. Yeah. Um, Hell, if that's not a big question mark, I don't know what is too, because both Reitman and Aykroyd have talked about drawing all the universe loose threads together. So yeah. how do how do we even posit where things are going to be in 10 years when they're talking about <laughs> dragging it all together, but we have no idea how they're going to do No do idea that, how, right? like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, but like you said, uh, good, good news is we can talk about the future, uh, Things th- things are uh, still active. The engine is still running. Uh, you know, we we got the oil change that we needed. We can run another, however many hundred thousand miles out of this old vehicle that we've been riding in for uh, thirty years. So that's that's good news. But uh, yeah, I think that's that's the takeaway here. Is one year later, uh, sure, some good, some bad. Uh, it was a hell of an experience a year ago, and. Uh, Excited to see what the future holds. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go, 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 stoppers. I'm sorry, we'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470-242-4742. That's 4702-GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page. You do? And Twitter accounts. Print is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for The Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professional. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC. That'll do it. Thanks very much, Ray. So do you feel better, Chris? Do you feel feel off mic? We were talking, and both of us are a little. It was a rough day. It was a rough day, but uh, you, you feel better after this one. Did, I, I certainly feel better. And I was like talking about this stuff always helps me, man. I just like I love being enthusiastic and, and getting back into yeah to being a fan again. Like th- that's the whole point of this is the escapism. Going on to the GB fans forums, and I want to talk about a little bit of of escapism and and share this this love that we all have. And yeah, it always helps me. I don't know if it helped you this week, but it certainly did for oh, me. Absolutely. Well, frankly, it didn't even have to be Ghostbusters. I do just kind of enjoyed sitting around talking with you. So. Oh well, thanks, man. Same vice vice versa. Right back yeah. at you, pal. Ah, buddy. I did finger guns. Well, uh, <laughs> that's bazooka. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so uh, you do ha- you have some uh, time for final thoughts here. You uh, you got anything on your mind? Um, yeah, I guess. Um, I've been poking around this. I've talked about it with the Ghostbusters Bridge Columbia. They're kind of on board, but we haven't moved forward. I've seen other franchises kind of do this, and it's kind of related to the growing rise of. Uh, patches were a big thing. Patches are always going to be a thing. I've noticed there's a new trend towards pins. Something about pin production, like for the average person, just got way easier because they're starting to show up all over the place. But a whole bunch of stuff crashed together, which was 
um, patch trade. Speaking like a year ago, the number, the amount of patch trading that went on and has continued since all these fans met in LA. Uh, always yeah. huge, always, always high. Um, uh, our very own Evelyn 13 is going down to a toy show convention in Mexico and the, the Azadlan Ghostbusters are going to meet up with her there. Um, and she's talking about bringing down patches. Like, it's just, it's a thing. If you're a Ghostbuster yeah. of one franchise and you're going someplace else, bring some patches to trade. And this all kind of hit me square on as I don't know where it came from, but somebody posted a, oh, that's what it was. A friend, a friend of mine is in a band and there's a guy who's got like a metal punk YouTube vlog and uh, he did a small aside where he talked about his battle jacket uh, which you know you see heavy metal and punk people wearing it all the time it's it's a denim yeah. vest basically yeah. you know you got the, the arms off it sort of thing and it's covered in, in in patches right like of all your you know band patches of all your favorite bands and all that and I'm, I've kind of seen people do it for for Ghostbusters, and I was kind of like sitting there going, I, "Do I want to make a Ghostbusters battle jacket? Like that would be kind of <laughs> badass." Do it, yeah, do it. And then so part of me went though, but then how? Like, do I keep it blue denim? Like, then I'm kind of because part of me is like, "Well, that's you know, that's the the punk metal subgenre thing. I don't necessarily want to look like I'm." parodying theirs like and then part of me goes well the obvious thing is you try and find you know a khaki vest sort of thing that you can cover it in because khaki is of course the you know the the de facto jumpsuit sort of thing right like you so right. maybe you do it yeah. that way and then um i don't know i've been thinking about that a lot i think a, a big thing moving forward is for all you know the little flare-ups of negativity i think there's a lot of consolidation of the franchise fan groups um they they've been in touch more they're trading back and forth more they're in communication more yeah a lot of good outreach happening yeah Uh, you know some of that comes out of like canada day the ghostbusters british columbia were down as part of the canada celebrations repping for fan expo vancouver um you know which comes up in november and of course, raising money for the Children's Hospital, which is what all the franchises do. Like a lot of them get out there and raise money for charity. Like, yeah, it's this. It, and part of me is kind of like I, I feel like I wanna I wanna rep the fandom, but I'm not always gonna want to jump into my jumpsuit. And frankly, this is speaking as somebody who didn't even have a jumpsuit until about a year ago. So, <laughs> right, um, yeah. And some of some of the guys like to do that. They're like they're like let's get in the jumpsuits and go. And I'm like I'm way older than you guys. And I just there's <laughs> sometimes it makes perfect sense, and other times I'm like no, I'm like, let's get in the jumpsuits and go get pizza. I'm like no, 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 no. I'll meet you there. Uh, but see you guys there. Yeah. But part of me also goes yeah, but right now, especially for whatever reason, I don't know what happens. I swore I would never do this, but I'm practically wearing a Ghostbusters T-shirt every day. Like. Something switched right. somewhere yeah. and my wardrobe was t-shirt wise is largely so I was like well you know maybe I do some, need something a little bit more uh, structured somewhere in between so, yeah, like yeah I kind of feel like I want to or um, the 501 Fan Expo last year I noticed the 501 they their troops or battalions or whatever the hell they call themselves in different cities 
Uh, they have, and this is kind of another reason I got thinking about it too, was because Ghostbusters fans kind of did it first informally. It just never kind of went widespread, which is uh, the they have like the button-up short-sleeve work shirts. So they have black ones that they cover with. They, they're not covered, but they have you know their their troop uh, patch and they have 501 patch and all that and their name on it and all that and I'm kind of we kind of you know a bunch of us did that already like we have the the yeah. khaki dicky yeah. with the name tag and patches and all that I just somewhere along the line I fit, God am I boring you like because there's there's no, another no. piece of the puzzle and this is because this started about two years ago well maybe not two years ago well could be God how long have we been talking feels like forever but. Um, <laughs> I found out that, and this is actually this brings it full circle to the the the, the battle jackets, which is uh, Disney fans have yeah, group gathering the biker, the biker gang style again, yeah. which is very metal, you know, battle jacket. That's kind of what it's modeled after. It's a similar thing, right? Like these these biker jackets where they give themselves these clever names and have the art on the you know the the biker style design on the back and then covered with studs and pins and patches you know they personalize them and all that they have their own clever you know disney fan names and all that and i'm like i think that's kind of where we're at right it's very hard to always be you know t-shirts is too informal the jumpsuit way too formal roughly speaking i'm kind of looking for that middle (laughs) ground where I, i i'm happy to go to the grocery store and i do i have well, you know, pour one out for. Speaking of anniversaries, uh, it's basically been a year since my the loss of the your loss shirt. of my shirt in L.A. Thanks, yeah. Avis. Shout out to Avis. <laughs> you were no help. I saw some dude wearing your shirt in I L.A. So. Uh, the other God. day, but, but uh, yeah. yeah, that one went back to Comic Con two thousand and two, two thousand and three. It was a while ago. Like I had that mm. shirt for whatever that is, the you know, over just over a decade. And you yeah. know, it had uh, you know, my name tag on it, it had the Ghostbusters British Columbia, it had uh, you know, a little Canadian flag. It was it was maybe that's what got me thinking about all this. That's where my deep thoughts coming from. I kinda miss it. I have the Ghostbusters two replacement meaning. I have the the navy blue dicky that replaced it in a hurry because I think Frank but it's not the same it's not the same yeah so I think I think that might be what I'm going to do for the next little while I'm going to start maybe building up the uh, if I can find a shirt that looks really great I think I might try and talk the Ghostbusters British Columbia into doing it and then kind of encourage start doing all the franchises to formalizing I was going to say if you guys out there uh, if you're interested in that uh, hit up Chris let's let's start a movement or send photos because frankly I I guarantee you Parallel Evolution says that other I know for a fact other groups have you know at least one or two people have shirts maybe they all do so if you've got an alter I, I do that for everything now there's some site that showed up on facebook like I, I i bought some stupid you know those uh sale things on facebook they're like you know uh, i don't know what they're selling fidget spinners or salad spinners or yeah. all these little yeah. trinkets that they're like and you can get it cheap because <laughs> it's the factory in china is selling them to you direct they're they're fifty cents here. We're going to charge you eight bucks and tell you you're saving twenty bucks. Like it's right. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of those sites for clothes too, from Dickies on up, and I everything. Every time it pops up and says, "Look at this," you know, Dicky 
hoodie, you know, fall zip-up jacket. I'm like, if you have that in khaki, I'm slapping a name patch and a logo on it. Like, <laughs> I just... Yep. I don't feel like I want to wear the hoodie. Don't get me wrong. I love them. I've seen people wear them, but at my age, I cannot see myself running around in a Venkman printed... I can't, I can't even see myself running around in a printed Venkman t-shirt. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... Yeah. Yeah. But an actual hoodie with my name tag and a patch on it, I'm in like Flynn. I would wear that all the time. So... I don't know. I think that's kind of where I'm headed. I'm like, I'm still, I'm, a, I'm in a, a second or third renaissance as a Ghostbusters fan, and I'm not only that. As I get progressively every year that goes by, I, I could give two craps what anybody thinks of me, right? Like I'm, the shame is draining <laughs> away, and I will wear. It may be that you don't have your jumpsuit with your name tag. And I may yeah, enter yeah. the old age home and do nothing but wear my jumpsuit all the time. But until then, it's like <laughs> it's know. winter. I wear the winter jacket that's in khaki with the you know the patch and the the, the name badge, and then a fall jacket, light jacket. You know, it's it's windy, but it's not raining. Great. Where's my you know windbreaker, khaki windbreaker with my <laughs> name and the patch yeah. on it? Like just where's my Han Solo parka that's got the exactly, name tag right? in the, yeah. So yeah. Um, well, that's uh, yeah. Send send some photos to Chris and my Inspire way, me. Uh, and and show us yeah, show us what you guys have done I out there. You're creative. This. Even if you've got like a, a work shirt or something, like you were saying, uh, let's let's see them, guys. So uh, all right, well, so send us those photos. Uh, check out the uh, Crossrip T-shirt preview. We'll have more information on that. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk to you guys all next week. See you on the other side. Who you gonna call? Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip. Visit us at ProtonCharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net. Hey, this could be one of my two favorite shows. You're kidding me. Oh, great. What was the other one? Bassmasters. It's a fishing show. Everything you're doing is bad. You truly scare me. I want you to love it. Next week, though, Careless Pets. Weird.